Sermon 49, Commentary in the Gospel of Luke, Sermons 47 through 56, by Cyril of Alexandria, translated by R. Payne Smith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Sermon 49, 9, 18 through 22. And it came to pass that as he was alone praying, his disciples were with him, and he asked them, saying, whom do the multitude say of me that I am? And they answered and said, Some, indeed, John the Baptist, and others, Elijah, and others, that some prophet of those in old time has risen again. And he said unto them, But whom do ye say that I am? And Peter answered and said, The Christ of God and he charged and commanded them to tell this to no man saying the son of man is about to suffer many things and to be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and rise again the third day well may we call out to those who would search the sacred scriptures arouse thee and awake for it is a thing impossible to perceive the exact meaning of the mystery of christ if we use for this end a debauched mind and an understanding drowned so to speak in sleep need rather is there of a wakeful mind and a penetrating eye for the subject is one difficult to comprehend in the highest degree and this is apparent now that our discourse has come to the explanation of the passage before us for what says the evangelist and it came to pass that as he was alone praying his disciples were with him and he asked them saying whom do the multitude say of me that i am now the first thing we have to examine is what it was which led our lord jesus christ to propose to the holy apostles this question or inquiry for no word or deed of his is either at an unseasonable time or without a fitting reason, but rather he does all things wisely and in their season. What, therefore, do we say, or what suitable explanation do we find for his present acts? He had fed in the desert a vast multitude of five thousand men, and how had he fed them? With five loaves breaking with them into morsels two small fish and these so multiplied out of nothing that twelve baskets of fragments even were taken up the blessed disciples therefore were astonished as well as the multitudes and saw by what had been wrought that he is in truth god and the son of god and afterwards when they had withdrawn from the multitude and he was alone he occupied himself in prayer in this too making himself our example or rather instructing the disciples how to discharge efficiently their office as teachers for it is i think the duty of those who are set over the people and whose lot it is to guide christ's flocks constantly to occupy themselves with their necessary business and openly practice those things with which god is well pleased even that saint-like and virtuous conduct which gains great admiration and is certain to profit the people under their charge 
for they ought either to be actively engaged in those duties which are to the glory of god or such as in their retirement bring upon them a blessing and call down upon them power from on high of which latter one and the most excellent is prayer knowing which the divine paul said pray without ceasing as i said then the lord and saviour of all made himself an example to the disciples of saint-like conversation by praying alone with them only in his company but his doing so might perchance trouble the disciples and beget in them dangerous thoughts for they saw him praying in human fashion whom yesterday they beheld working miracles with godlike dignity it would not therefore have been entirely without reason had they said among themselves o oh, strange conduct whom must we consider him to be god or man if we say man and like one of us like one that is of the holy prophets we see from the ineffable miracles which he works that he far transcends the limits of human nature for in manifold ways he doeth the wonders as god if we say he is god surely to pray is unbefitting one who is god by nature for of whom can god ask for what he wishes to receive and of what can god at all be in want to chase away therefore such confusing thoughts and to calm their faith which so to speak was tempest-tossed he makes this inquiry not as though he were at all ignorant of what was commonly said of him either by those who did not belong to the synagogue of the jews or by the israelites themselves his object rather was to rescue them from the general mode of thinking and implant in them a correct faith whom therefore he asks do the multitude say that i am thou seest the skilfulness of the question he did not at once say whom do ye say that i am but refers to the rumour of those that were without that having rejected it and shown it to be unsound he may then bring them back to the true opinion which also happened for when the disciples had said some john the baptist and others elijah and others that some prophet of those in old time has risen up he said to them but ye whom do ye say that i am oh how full of meaning is that ye he separates them from all others that they may also avoid their opinions and not conceive an unworthy idea of him nor entertain confused and wavering thoughts themselves too imagining that john had risen again or one of the prophets ye therefore he says who have been chosen who by my decree have been called to the apostleship who are the witnesses of my miracles whom do ye say that i am first before the rest peter again springs forth and makes himself the mouthpiece of the whole company pouring forth the expression of love to god and giving utterance to a correct and faultless confession of faith in him saying the christ of god the disciple is unerring a thoroughly intelligent explainer of the mystery 
for he does not simply say that he is a christ of god but the christ rather for there are many who have been called christ from having in various ways been anointed of god for some have been anointed as kings and some as prophets while others having received salvation by that christ who is the saviour of all even we ourselves obtain the appellation of christ as having been anointed by the holy ghost for it is said in the words of the psalmist of those in old time that is before the coming of our saviour touch not my christ and do my prophets no harm but the words of habakkuk refer to us thou hast gone forth to the salvation of thy people to save thy christ christ therefore there are many and they have so been called from the fact of having been anointed but he who is god the father's christ is one and one only not as though we indeed are christ and not god's christ but belonging to some other person but because he and he alone has as his father him that is in heaven since therefore most wise peter confessing the faith correctly and without error said the christ of god it is plain that distinguishing him from those to whom the appellation generally belongs he referred him to god as being his sole christ for though he be by nature god and shone forth ineffably from god the father as his only begotten word yet he became flesh according to the scripture the blessed peter therefore professed faith in him lending as i said before his words to the whole company of the holy apostles and acting as spokesman for them all as being more accurate than the rest and this too we ought to observe that in matthew's account we find that the blessed disciples said thou art the christ the son of the living god but the wise luke summing up so to speak the purport agrees with him in the thoughts but using fewer words tells us that he said the christ of god moreover no mention is here made of that which the saviour spake to him but in matthew again we find that he said to him plainly blessed art thou simeon son of jonah for flesh and blood hath not revealed it to thee but my father in heaven the disciple therefore was verily taught of god nor did he make this profession of faith for us of his own thoughts merely but because the divine light shone upon his understanding and the father led him to a correct knowledge of the mystery of christ what therefore do those mistaken innovators say to this who unwarrantably pervert the great and adorable mystery of the incarnation of the only begotten and fall from the right way walking in the path of crookedness for the wise peter acknowledged one christ while they sever that one into two in opposition to the doctrines of truth but yes he replies the disciple acknowledged one christ and so do we also affirm that there is one christ by whom we mean the son even the word that is from god the father 
To this, then, what do we reply? Is it not plain, then, we say, to every one, that Christ asks the holy apostles, not, Whom do men say that the word of God is? But, Who the Son of Man is? And that it was of him that Peter confessed, that he is the Christ of God. Let them also explain this to us. How is Peter's confession worthy of admiration if it contained nothing profound and hidden, and, so to speak, not apparent to the generality? For what verily did God the Father reveal to him? That the Son of Man is a man? Is this the God-taught mystery? Is it for this that he is admired and deemed worthy of such surpassing honors? For thus he was addressed, Blessed art thou, Simeon, son of Jonah. The reason, however, for which he was thus admired is a very just one, for it was because he believed that he whom he saw as one of us, that is, in our likeness, was the Son of God the Father, the Word, namely, that sprang forth from his substance, and became flesh, and was made man. See here, I pray, the profundity of the thoughts, the importance of the confession, the high and weighty mystery. For he who was there in the likeness of mankind, and as a portion of creation, was God, who transcends all created things. He who dwells in the high and lofty place was abased from his glory to be in poverty like unto us. And he who, as God, is Lord of all and King of all, was in the likeness of a slave and in the measure of a slave. This is the faith the Saviour crowns. To those thus minded he extends his bountiful right hand. For when he had praised Peter, and said that he was taught of God, as one who had obtained the revelation from above, from God the Father, he makes him more assured and more abundantly confirmed in the faith he had professed concerning him, by saying, And I say unto thee that thou art a stone, and upon this stone I will build my church and I will give thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. For observe how he makes himself at once the Lord of heaven and of earth. For he promises things that exceed our nature, and surpass the measure of humanity yea, rather, even that of the angelic rank, and are suitable for that nature only to bestow, whose glory and sovereignty transcend all. For first he says that the church belongs to him. The sacred scriptures, nevertheless, distinctly ascribe it rather to God, and to him only, saying that it is the church of God. For they say that Christ presented it to himself, having neither spot nor stain, but holy rather, and blameless. As being God, therefore, he says that it is his, and promises, moreover, to found it, granting it to be unshaken, as being himself the Lord of powers. And next, he says, 
that he gives him the keys of heaven who is it then that thus pours forth language appropriate to god is it an angel or some other intelligent power whether principality or throne or dominion or those holy seraphs not at all but as i said before such language belongs to almighty god alone whose is the sovereignty of earth and heaven let not then these innovators divide the one christ so as to say that one son is the word of god the father and that he who is of the seed of david is another son for peter made mention of one christ even the only begotten who became man and was made flesh and for this confession was counted worthy of these extraordinary honours when however the disciple had professed his faith he charged them it says and commanded them to tell it to no man for the son of man he said is about to suffer many things and be rejected and killed and the third day he shall rise again and yet how was it not rather the duty of disciples to proclaim him everywhere for this was the very business of those appointed by him to the apostleship but as the sacred scripture saith there is a time for everything there were things yet unfulfilled which must also be included in their preaching of him such as were the cross the passion the death in the flesh the resurrection from the dead that great and truly glorious sign by which testimony is borne him that the emmanuel is truly god and by nature the son of god the father for that he utterly abolished death and effaced destruction and spoiled hell and overthrew the tyranny of the enemy and took away the sin of the world and opened the gates above to the dwellers upon earth and united earth to heaven these things proved him to be as i said in truth god he commanded them therefore to guard the mystery by a seasonable silence until the whole plan of the dispensation should arrive at a suitable conclusion for then when he arose from the dead he gave commandment that the mystery should be revealed to all the inhabitants of the earth setting before every man justification by faith and the cleansing efficacy of holy baptism for he said all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth go ye make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy ghost and teaching them to observe all those things which i have commanded you and lo i am with you always even unto the end of the world for christ is with us and in us by the holy ghost and dwells in the souls of us all by whom and with whom to god the father be praise and dominion and honour with the holy ghost for ever and ever amen end of sermon forty nine